This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This show is sponsored and brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. We have 4,200 members and we have about a thousand other affiliate members, affiliates being loan officers, uh, home inspectors, and and, uh, escrow people and such. So the strength of our show, I really believe, is in our guests because we can call somebody in each week and give you a different perspective. Um, And we haven't had a loan officer on for a while. So today we got Jose Escondone of Cardinal Financial. Good morning, Jose. Good morning, Don. Thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah. Um, Glad to have you here. And financing is such a key to the home buying process. So we're going to, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions today and uh, give us your answers. Sounds good. Yeah. And we'll try to educate everybody out there on, on how important that loan process is i know every once in a while you got a cash buyer but i'll bet you even those cash buyers they started off their first one or two or three homes with financing correct yeah and and oftentimes um cash buyers will come to our realtors uh with the notion that they're gonna they're gonna go all cash and, and oftentimes they end up financing and and you know move forward in that direction too because cash you know they want to stay cash rich sometimes so you know the interest rates are getting so low you almost got to wonder if interest rates get to zero is that cash (laughs) (laughs) that'd be crazy they are they are i mean they're pretty darn low money's cheap right now yeah and um, we're going to give some amazing statistics on what the low interest rates mean Um, and keep in mind i was a loan officer 30 years ago and interest rates were double digits. Yeah. 17% for an FHA. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard lots of stories about people that were in the business, uh, you know, way back when, or even those that bought, and they were paying 15, 18%, no, didn't even didn't even flinch. It's just, it is what, it was what it was. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had a, um, a college professor over at Fresno State teaching real estate finance, and he did this big, long mathematical formula on the chalkboard. Um, you know, now you do it on your iPad, right? Yeah. But this was the chalkboard. And that was his proof that interest rates would never go past tw- uh, lower than 12% again because it would cause a run on money. Boy, I'd sure, sure love to talk to him and now and say, all right, I just saw somebody get a rate in the twos. Yeah. That's a little lower than 12%. I, that C minus you gave me, take it back. Twelve <laughs> percent. I mean, people would they, they flip over five, you know, in this current market environment. So twelve percent—that's unfathomable at this point. That's right. Um, and I want to give you a few statistics on the market because this is August fifteenth. The fifteenth of the month is the perfect time to do stats for the previous month because it sometimes takes a couple of weeks to get all the data put together and into the MLS. I'd like to give you this one. Um, Let's see, active listings for 
Fres- uh, Clovis and Fresno. Uh, it's actually up this week, 506. Wow. It, yeah, it, it was lower than that not too long ago, about a week or two ago. Uh, 506 active listings. I'm going to say 1,500 to 2,000 would be normal. So you can see there's not a lot of homes for sale. Um, well, actually, and maybe there are because there's 1,124 pending. Hmm. Now, that's where you come in. Yeah. It, it, you're working the, those loans while people are in escrow, 1,124 of them. Yeah, I mean, right now, um, as you know, the it's it's you know definitely a seller's market, and with inventory being so low, um, it's it's competitive out there, and it is it is uh, it's challenging for buyers to get out there and, and find the right spot and in the right location and whatnot. Just because, like you said, we're at you know a third of what we would generally see, right? Yeah, yeah, a- and although pendings are way up, so maybe uh, this is a thought that just hit me. So I haven't, haven't uh, filtered this one out yet, but maybe we, you know, we've been blaming the shortage of homes on uh, fear of COVID. We've been blaming it on the state legislature for making home building so tough. Maybe it's because there's so many of them in escrow. You, you know, if rates weren't so low and the purchasing power is so strong, maybe there would be half of those pendings would be back in actives. Probably, I mean, with rates being so low, it's 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 perfect time to buy. In all honesty, it's the perfect storm if you're a seller, right? Because you you have uh, you know your buyers are have a lot of buying power, and there's not a ton of inventory. And then with rates being so low, I mean, people that would otherwise not have considered a home at at a certain price range, a higher price range, now are able to afford that home because rates are you know making that monthly payment affordable. Okay, before we got here to the show today, I did a few quick stats. Because uh, I'm trying to figure out, with these interest rates so low, what is the purchasing power? Like you just said, it's so much better. So, just 18 months ago, January and February of 2019, interest rates hit 5%. The median price uh, was right at $275,000. At, uh, so if somebody were to get a loan of 275 at 5%, their principal and interest is $1,477. Now, let's fast forward 18 months uh, to, to today, and let's say you could get a 3% rate. Is that possible? Absolutely possible, yeah. We've... Um I've locked several loans, you know, right at that three, if not lower. And one of the really good indicators about where rates are is when you consider down payment assistance, and I know we'll touch on that a little, a little later, their rate has consistently been at 3.125 for one of the programs that is most common in our area. So it's not unrealistic to get a rate of three and even sometimes lower. Okay. Well, because I round everything off, you know, this is radio. If, if you're driving down the road, you can't listen to too many fractions. We got to give even numbers. So let's say, now remember that one. Uh, 18 months ago, 275,005%, was your principal and interest. Check this out. Today, at 3% interest rate, um, for $1,477, you can get a $350,000 loan. That is $75,000 more purchasing power. 
Yeah, that's that's it's that's crazy. Yeah, and prices haven't gone up that much for the same home, so that's telling me today you can buy a bigger, better, nicer home. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the other things that that makes me think of is oftentimes we'll have buyers that want to wait because everybody thinks that the prices are going to drop and, you know, something magical is going to happen. But although prices have steadily increased by, I think in our area, it's like four to seven percent, right? Yeah. So, I mean, with that steady increase in price, but with that buying power, you know, that they're gaining, even if the values have gone up, their payment is still going to be significantly lower. So it's, it's just, it's, it's a great time to buy. Yeah. And every once in a while, people throw in other factors. They say, well, um, the best time is the springtime. They throw in seasons uh, or never buy in the winter, you know, or the market slows down in the winter, which is true in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Not in Fresno. Yeah. Not Fresno. (laughs) Um, I heard one this week. Somebody said, well, I'm going to wait till after the elections. I think they really need to look at the interest rates and how much better can it get? Well, I mean, having this conversation with the buyer six months ago, a year ago, I mean, granted, things are, are always going to be unpredictable, but I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't see it getting much better. And, you know, saying that we've hit historic lows and being able to say that more than one time within the last 60 day time frame is a pretty good indicator that right now is a great time to move forward and buy. So I remember way back when my parents bought a home uh, this would have been in 1963. They bought a new home uh, here in Fresno, and my da- my dad was a veteran, so he got a VA loan at four percent. Wow! And thought, man, it'll never ever get. <laughs> to, I mean, you know, that's the olden days, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that that's the rate that the dinosaurs paid. Yeah. But not no more. <laughs> no, no, four percent. I mean, that's pretty good, you know. And and now the, with the VA loan, you can get lower than four, no problem. Except you know what the payment was? Ninety nine bucks a oh, month. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> can't you can't even get a cheap car for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Now to give you more of those stats, um, in the in Fresno County for the month of July. There were 844 solds. That's a very healthy amount. That's um, one of the better months, even if you go back five years. To be in the 800s is healthy. So somehow or another, during these phenomenal times, um, phenomenal meaning good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, home sales are, are managing to, to stay up there. Now... Also, that's Fresno County. So that includes Huron, Five Points, Shaver Lake, um, Sanger, Reedley, everything. Yeah. So 844. If you look at just the metropolitan area of Fresno and Clovis, 673. So that, that's the majority of Fresno County sales. And they seem to follow that same, that same pattern. Um, Somebody might say, well, gosh, there's only 500 homes for sale in Fresno and Clovis. I'll go, maybe I'll look in Kerman or, or, or uh, Tranquility. Well, there's only about 200 other listings outside of Fresno and Clovis. So it doesn't get a, a whole lot better there. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to talk about 
that down payment assistance program? Because I got a lot of questions on that. Good. Well, we'll have the answers. And I have a lot of clientele that ask about that. So uh, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us today, helping us out, giving us information on financing uh, real estate, is Jose Escandon of Cardinal Financial. Um, now, Cardinal Financial is a local lender, right? Correct. Yeah, we're here locally. Uh, we are a national lender, um, so we do have presence all throughout the United States, but yes, we are local here in Fresno. All right. And later on in the show, I want to get down to how important it is to deal locally with a lender. Uh, and that's, you might think, well, that involves financing. No, it involves getting your offer accepted. Yeah. yeah. So, that's all right. So we were talk, starting to talk about first-time homebuyers and down payment assistance programs. I think people can see the importance of, um, of getting a first-time home buyer getting involved in the real estate market. Um, and I'll say this, if you're worried about your rent going up, get yourself a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Then you know what your housing cost is going to be. And, um, you know, this that $350,000 home that we said fourteen seventy-seven was the principal and interest, well, the rent on that $350,000 home is going to far exceed 1400. Absolutely. Probably 16, 17, maybe even 1800. Probably close to 2. All right. So now that allows you to add in taxes and insurance and hey, you're set. Absolutely. So, um, what are the programs out there? People used to say, "Well, I'm a first-time home buyer, so what special programs do I have?" Yeah. So oftentimes um, I will be approached about first time home buyers and a lot of times you know, buyers aren't fully aware of what that exactly means. And, and, you know, pretty much what it means is down payment assistance. Right. So uh, down payment assistance is a huge part of not just my business, but just business in general. I think in our area uh, we have a lot of clients that are, you know, first time home buyers. And because of our area area median incomes, then, you know, oftentimes they are going to qualify um, for down payment assistance. So it's very, very prevalent in our area. So when you say qualified, um, do they have to make so much, but not enough or not too much? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So generally speaking, without getting too technical, they have to make enough to not finance a high percentage of their income. Right. And then they also can't make, you know, an excessive, well, I don't want to say excessive, but they can't have a really high bracket in terms of income and still be able to access funds. All right. So what, what, what kind of assistance do they give? Well, for the most part, what I will, what I see most commonly is is down payment assistance with an FHA loan, right? So FHA uh, again is most common with our first time home buyers, and oftentimes will they'll qualify for assistance through the Cal HFA program, which gives them um, you know three percent of assistance with down payment and closing costs on one part, and then there is another layer uh, called My Home that gives them an additional up to three and a half percent or ten thousand dollars, whichever is lower. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of assistance out there. That's six and a half percent of help. So the down payment requirement for a basic FHA loan is three and a half percent. Correct. So 
when yeah. you can get all of that three and a half percent you can you can get all of that the program does require you that program specifically does require you to have a half a percent you know of your own funds but nonetheless that's you know slightly over a thousand dollars let's say and then the rest is covered by the program and then some closing costs are also covered by the programs okay so for somebody listening out there um you if you only had a thousand bucks in your savings it is possible to buy a home it is possible i mean yeah absolutely i mean granted uh, you know there's going to be other monies that are going to have to be spent on inspections and appraisals and earnest money deposits and things of that sorts. But technically, I mean, you know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty and you can access the program, you don't need a lot of funds out of your own pocket. Mm -hmm. All right. So now there's that thing called closing costs, which um, just for round figures probably comes out to around 3% of the purchase price. Yes. Uh, Closing costs involve a lot of one time. uh, In fact, you're the guy that's the, the expert on this. So what what are the non-recurring costs, the one-time costs Got that it. are closing costs? Got it. So whenever I make reference to closing costs, I think most people will agree that at the end, they just want to know, what am I writing a check for at the end, right? What's coming out? What am I going to send uh, you know, to the escrow company? So non-recurring closing costs, you know, you're going to have to pay for an appraisal, which is a one-time thing, and that's done by a third party, and it's done up front. It's an upfront service going to have to pay to get that escrow account or taxes and insurance account opened up. So that's a one-time deal that you you, you fill that account so that when those are, are due, then you have enough money in there to cover it. Because uh, you know most, most, if not all, buyers are going to have that included in their payment. And then closing costs when it comes to the title company and processing and underwriting, that's something that you pay just one time to switch that house out of the seller's name and into yours. And then to get the loan, you know, um, originated and funded. I recently saw something where a buyer was comparing rates they had a local lender and then they had somebody they found online from back east and the one back east the closing cost disclosure seemed to be lower but what i could see is that it what they were too low on taxes and insurance and i'm trying to tell these people it taxes and insurance is going to be it is what it is it so is. if one person estimates on your disclosure a little less and it ends up being more you're still going to pay the the what it is there's no way around it and oftentimes um i think when you know you're getting a quote uh you know they'll, they'll play with those numbers so that the overall cost appears to be lower but when it comes to taxes and insurance specifically there's no way around that they're due on this date and you have to have enough money in there to cover it yeah and that out-of-town lender they don't have to worry about seeing that customer at the uh, restaurant or the, the gas station so yeah. yeah if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out right that's right now you <laughs> If it doesn't work out, you might have to see them. Well, that and uh, yeah, I'll have to see them and I'll have to answer to everybody else involved. Yeah. So you'll work it out. Correct. We work it out. All right. Um, uh, let's go to, so, so those closing costs of another 3%, I think you said could be paid for what was that program called the uh, so what we use most commonly here in the valley is 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 the cal hfa program cal hafa um where they do give you the assistance of three and then three and a half uh, percent okay and the three and a half is for 
the so down in, payment or the closing well costs? in both cases it's not really allocated to one thing or another as much as it is to the overall transaction so when you're getting the three percent of assistance and again we're just using the fha example right if you're getting the three percent assistance through the fha program and then you're adding the um, layer of my home which gives them an additional three and a half or ten thousand then at that point you're covering a majority of closing costs, if not all, in addition to the down payment and then coming in with that minimum, you know, half a percent that's required in order to access the program. So very, very little out of pocket. Okay, here's my question. So let's say that three and a half percent that my home grant is five thousand dollars, just as an example, but you can only use four thousand dollars. Does the buyer get to pocket the thousand? They do not. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they do not. That, that'd be a pretty sweet deal if they did, but no, they don't get to pocket it. <laughs> but what if the house needs painting? Well, if the house needs painting, then I think we all know some really good painters that are pretty affordable out there that we can recommend to them. Yeah. But no, they can't add that into uh, something like painting the house. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, too, from a transactional side, there's several ways to pay closing costs. There is you know, the My Home program that you're talking about, the the assistance programs. You can also ask the seller to pay closing costs. So you might say, look, I know you're, off, you're asking um, $250,000. I'll give you two fifty five dollars for the home if you give me 5000 back for closing costs. That does weaken your offer. So if it's competitive, talk to your realtor on that. But that's another way to do it. Or... Um, another way to do it is the, in exchange for a higher interest rate. And I, what's that called? Credit Uh, for interest rate chosen. Okay. Yeah. So then the lender can credit back. Correct. But maybe the most old fashioned way is called the pop loan. That's where you get it from your dad. <laughs> yeah, that's what family's for, right? Yeah, just so you'll move out of the house. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and free them of, of your burden. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, so um, the beauty of down payment assistance, somebody might say, I'd rather just wait a couple of years and, and save up money. That's good, too get into that discipline, but waiting might mean a higher interest rate. Look at 18 months ago, there was seven, uh, a difference of $75,000 in purchasing power. Yeah. Well, in addition, Don, you brought up a really good point uh, just a bit ago where, you know, oftentimes an offer and the strength of the offer is going to win the offer, right? And when you have access to assistance, where you don't need to ask that seller for any, you know, seller paid concessions or money from them uh, to help with closing costs because you have it covered with the assistance program, then that will strengthen your offer actually versus weakening it. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. With that, we do need to go to a next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here with us today is Jose Escondon of Cardinal Financial here in Fresno County, a local office here. And um, I, 
you've how long have you been in uh, in the business? As I've a been loan in officer? the business as a loan officer since 2012. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen um, a market that has been rising because uh, in 12 we were recovering from 2008. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've I've been in it. You know, as the market has has been pretty pretty stable for the most part after the recovery of the meltdown. Um, with that being said, I actually had a question that I wanted to ask you, Don. So I know you being the realtor and, and you've been in real estate for some time, probably seen some ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, ups and downs, right? So I've been on the roller coaster ride, yes. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, being that you've, you know, been in this business for a while, I oftentimes will have clients talk about, you know, the thought of what if things crashed? You know, are we going to see what we saw before? What what is your thoughts around that? First of all, I want to say this, this, yes, our economy is teetering right now. We're, you know, it, it, we're going through some challenges. This time housing is totally different than in 2008. Um, this time people have equity. Um, I heard one where they said, well, gosh, all these forbearances, they're not going to be able to make up the, uh, their payments. Okay, but instead of just walking away from the home, um, why don't they sell it? Because they've got equity in there this time. In 2008, we a lot of home buyers didn't have it. Cash out refis up to 100% of value w was very popular in 07, 06, 05, and that sucked up people's equity. I think now, Am I correct? If you did a cash out refi, you can't do a hundred percent anymore, right? You can't do a hundred percent anymore now. Eighty percent is probably eighty percent is most common. That's really the sweet spot to ensure that you have a good loan, good yeah. criteria. So if somebody were behind three or four payments because of they did a forbearance, um, that twenty percent equity is going to uh, allow them to sell the, the property, get some cash out of it, and move on. They're still going to have options, absolutely, if they have equity. Yeah. But the biggest thing to answer your question is focus. Focus is the most important thing for that homeowner. Don't focus on the value of your home at that moment. Focus on the fact that you have a place to live. Absolutely. And I know I've had this conversation with a handful of my, my close friends and family and Right now with what we're dealing with and, and having to be home more than, you know, maybe we want or, or have in the past, uh, you know, your home is your castle. And having that place right now is, is you're really seeing the benefits of having that. Yeah. That's why in March they came out with a safer at home. Yeah. Home being the key word. Absolutely. But I'll give you a Here's what I mean by a roller coaster ride. Uh, back in the early 90s, I bought a home for 200000 and before long, it was worth 170. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, I wasn't too, I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> my mother said, hey, you paid her too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have listened to her. But, you know, it was our home and, it, and we weren't selling. And so it didn't bother me. After 10, 12 years, the value of that went up well beyond 200 to 300 and eventually got as high as 400,000. And it's like, well, that doesn't matter because we're not moving. It's the focus was that was our home. Absolutely. Not on the value of it. Now, a f 
then around 2012, 13, we sold it. The market wasn't fully recovered, but we sold it for 320. So still did good, 200,000. It was the initial price. But look at that roller coaster ride. So time takes care of all that. And if you buy your home for the right reason to use it, not just for the investment, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as, as we know, homes are definitely an appreciating asset, whereas lots of times we will spend money on something that is a depreciating asset like the vehicle. So, yeah, you know, putting it in the house is where it's at. Here's another difference between 2008 and, and now. Right now, almost everybody has a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Or maybe not 30-year, maybe even 15, Mm -hmm. but it's a fixed-rate mortgage. Adjustable rates aren't that popular. In 2008, many of the foreclosures, I might even go as far as to say most of the foreclosures, had adjustable-rate mortgages. They didn't know what their interest rate was going to be and their payment and their housing cost next year and it could go up, up, up. Well, right now, you're, you're fixed. You know what it's gonna be, so you can hunker down and, and, and keep your home. Absolutely, and when I first got into the business in 2012, a majority of what I did was refinances, and probably half, more than half, probably 75% of them were to help people get out of those arms or adjustable rate mortgages that uh, you know, were unpredictable and could change. And and some of them even had balloon payments. So um, I definitely don't see that very often. Yeah. And here's the power of a fixed rate mortgage. And especially if you are able to do a 15 year, um, maybe refinance into a 15 year after you initially purchased it with a 30 year. But um, I told you about that house that I owned where it went up and down and, uh, the, the key to that is we owned it over 20 years, and by the time we sold it, the loan was almost paid off. So we had equity not just from appreciation, but we also had equity from principal reduction. So what started off as a $180,000 loan was now down to about 20000 Yeah. when we sold it. Yeah, absolutely. So th- that was good equity. Yeah. Yeah. As time goes by on, on our loans, you know, whether we do a 30 or a 15, you know, we're going to really start to chip away at principal once we get past that initial, say five years. Mm-hmm. So get, let me turn around. Cause I think I answered your question. <laughs> you did. All right. Good. Um, let's go into multiple offer scenarios, which are occurring quite often and how the loan plays into that. Absolutely. So, I mean, as you know, right now, uh, multiple offers is very, very common, especially within certain price ranges. So um, at the higher price range, it's, it does decrease, but it's still very, very common. So multiple offers is something we have to be prepared to handle once we get to that stage. All right. So let's take it like this. I'm the listing agent, and let's say I have five offers there. What is it that can make the offer for your borrower stand out financing-wise? Well, goes without saying, hands down, what's going to stand out is just the, the just how solid the buyer is, right? Having all their ducks in a row, having submitted all of their paperwork so that we're not issuing a letter 
of approval just based on a conversation. We've actually verified everything like income, uh, assets, and things of that sort. Um, so just really having a very solid buyer, solid approval, and then being prepared and knowing what they're getting into. I always tell clients that the minute you decide to make an offer, be prepared to spend you know one percent on an earnest money deposit. Be prepared to spend, you know, five to six hundred dollars on an appraisal, and be prepared to pay for some inspections the second that you say yes to a house. Okay. Um, so I have, I'm the listing agent. I have five offers. Here's uh, a cash one, but it's low. Here, here's one. It, it's 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 a good offer, but it's the pre-approval letter comes from some online source back east. Then here comes your offer. Uh, it's competitive. It's it's close to that other one. Uh, however, it's a local, reputable lender. See, I called you reputable. I like it. I like it. You owe me big time, Jose. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, from one Dodger fan to another, right? We got, we got a good uh, <laughs> reputation going here. All right. So, um, ha- have you had that experience where? people have picked that offer because it's a local lender? Absolutely. I've had that experience. In fact, I was uh, on a bike ride last night, talked to a listing agent or or my buyer's agent rather, and uh, made reference to an offer. And and he referred to the listing agent who I've known and done business with many times before. And I think that those kinds of things definitely help us win the offer um, because, you know, they have, we have a history of performing on the loan and, and getting it closed. And when we do have clients that are, are, as you stated, looking at an online, you know, lender uh, back east and whatnot, I, I have run into that quite a bit lately, and oftentimes we'll we'll win that one over too because local is where we want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the that person who's spending the money by on the loan is keeping the money local. Absolutely. So you 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 can go out and spend the money at a restaurant here in town, which helps uh, keep our local economy going. Yes. Um, have you ever talked to the, well, yeah, you did. You, last night you said the uh, listing agent actually called you. The buyer's agent did actually, I, I said that incorrectly. But the nice thing is, is that me knowing the listing agent, I'm able to send them a text and just say, hey, you're gonna get an offer come across your table from this client. Um, and, you know, I can kind of give them a synopsis of how good it looks. And this is prior to them even presenting it to give them that confidence that they'll, that we want them to have when reviewing it. Because again, in those multiple offer situations, we want to win the offer and that's how we're going to do it amongst other stuff. And I'm on that listing side often. And, uh, uh, I will tell you a phone call or a message from the loan officer assuring me that, yeah, I have the tax returns. They've been reviewed maybe even we have a DU approval. Tell us what DU is. Desktop underwriter. Okay, so the computer is smarter than the loan officer? Well, <laughs> the computer <laughs> is as smart as the data that the loan officer inputs, right? But that is the automated service that runs you know, all of its uh, you know, Q&As and ensure that we have a solid approvable loan. I think I just lost every friend I have that's a loan <laughs> officer. <laughs> um, Okay, so that helps assure that that escrow will more than likely close. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely want to have a a DU approval or LP approval before making an offer. How have things changed with 
COVID as far as doing it digitally or doing it in person? Um, it's definitely been a change and uh, I don't want to say so much of a challenge because we have been very, very tech and web based um, over over the last couple of years. But, you know, being forced to do it and not being able to meet face to face in some instances and really having to, to lean on that tech is it can be a, it can be a challenge for some people. But for the most part, I think everybody's acclimated to the fact that one um, we're not necessarily going to meet face to face and we are going to do most things online. And in this, you know, this time, most everything is accessible on the Internet anyways. Bank statements you can get online, W-2s, taxes. Most people, you know, can access taxes on TurboTax, for example. Um, bank statements, they all get online. So it's it's really not that difficult as long as they have access to something where they can actually input data and um gather data then it's it's really not that difficult but it's it's definitely uh, the new the new age so here's here's a question for you as maybe now right now during this time people don't see you as uh, see you as much or maybe not even at all during the process do they shop you more often be than before you know, I don't I don't feel that I get shopped more often than before because even though I may not see them and granted that I still meet with clients here and again and and you know, we do Zoom meetings and FaceTime and things of that sort cuz I do want to keep that personal touch going, but I don't feel like I get shopped very often because you know, even though we're not conducting business the way we were pre-COVID, um, the reputation and the relationship, because as you know, this is a relationship-based business, right? And and my relationship with my referral sources and realtor partners is pretty strong. So I feel like the setup and the expectation that they set therein with the buyers, um, you know, they, they, I don't get shot very often as a result. One last question. At what point during your loan process is it okay for the borrower to remove their loan contingency per their contract? Well, I mean, obviously they want to abide by whatever the contract states, if it's 17 days, 21 days, sometimes sooner, right? Because with multiple offer situations and we want contingencies removed as quick as we can. Um, so in terms of the stage of the loan process, I mean, obviously the obvious answer would be once we have the approval, the underwritten approval, um, but oftentimes, you know, we're, we're able to move quick enough. Right now, there is a huge influx of business, so turn times can be a little bit longer than, than we'd hope for. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's just going to come along with the territory when we have so much going on right now. But uh, we really push to get that underwritten approval done as fast as possible so that we can remove that contingency as soon as we can. Okay, so when you call the borrower and say it came out of underwriting, it's approved? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's a conversation that I have very regularly with the agents. Mm -hmm. Excellent. With that, we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Jose Escandon is here with us from Cardinal Financial talking about the loan process. Um, well, a big part of the loan process is not just the borrower qualifying, but the home has to qualify too. And that's done through, the, uh, through an appraisal process. So 
this has got to be a hard time for appraisals right now. It is. Um, not only are appraisers just inundated and, and overwhelmed with the amount of business happening right now because, you know, purchases are, are and as we stated in the beginning of the show, very, very high right now, um, a lot of volume taking place, but you also compound that with the amount of refinances uh, that are taking place because rates are so low. So, yeah, they're busy, and, and appraisals are definitely a touchy area. So I remember a few years back a bar buyer might say, well, let's don't order the appraisal yet till I do the home inspection. Not a good idea now because now you're you're probably not going to be able to meet your time frames. That's Because those appraisers are going to need just about every bit of that 17 days. They are. Yeah, you, you definitely want to get in that line right away. And I mean, generally speaking, the only reason you would want to postpone it is because you are concerned about the approval, right? So uh, it's not a good practice to put that off. Mm -hmm. So... Um, what? How can a loan officer help if an appraisal comes in low? Well, if an appraisal comes in low, um, I mean, that's a tough one. There's not much that the loan officer can do to help on that, right? We don't dialogue with appraisers for obvious reasons. We're not there to sway them in one direction or the other. Um, but with this current environment and just, you know, the frenzy revolving around, you know, the purchasing market rates being low and, and the lack of of inventory, um, oftentimes we are seeing uh, offers go out there for above asking. So always, you know, it's going to be the generally the realtors due diligence to ensure that if they're accepting an offer at whatever that price is, that they are confident that the house is going to appraise, um, having studied what has sold in the in the near area. You know, here's an idea for a buyer who who um, is not victimized. I, <laughs> That's too strong of a word. Let's say you happen to you're buying a home, you love the home, you you're happy you got it. There were five offers, you got it, you're happy, and then the appraisal comes in twenty thousand dollars low. Here is some things you can do. You can ask the seller to drop the price twenty thousand, but you know what? If they had five offers, they're probably not going to do that. Um, they'll probably put it back on the market and look for another buyer. Uh, but uh, I had a buyer one time, it, and this is where I came up with the word victimize because the guy came in 15% low. Wow. And we looked at his comps and they were not comparable. Yeah. Uh, so the buyer, his first thought is that appraiser is off. Yeah. He's wrong. So he went into his uh, 401k and pulled some money out for, to buy the home. And um, I remember that was about five years ago. That home at that time uh, was 200,000, 210,000. It's probably worth 310 now. So that was a good move. And he's uh, paid back his 401k, but uh, there are options like that. There are, and I've I've had conversations with uh, with buyers about that specifically. So you know, hey, you really you really love the house. You're going to make your offer. You want a strong offer. You want to win the offer um, in a multiple offer situation. And and you know, should this arise, are you prepared to spend an additional, let's say, five to ten thousand dollars to make it happen? And having the conversation up front, I think, is the key. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, when there are um, the let's say the appraisal only came in five thousand low. That's 
reasonable to where maybe, you know, the seller can chip in a little bit, the buyer comes in with a little bit, the buyer gets a pop loan <laughs> for a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so things like that can work out. That's yeah, that's correct. And I mean, anytime we have an appraisal that comes in a little low, we definitely want to we want to research the comparables and challenge it if it constitutes that challenge. So let's say the purchase price is three hundred thousand, and the appraisal comes in high, three ten. What happens then? We smile and we're happy, and uh, mum's the word. We keep it to ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> and you just say it came in at value. It came in at value, hopefully as is. Okay, because. Um, does that mean the buyer can borrow up to the 310 and get money back? No. I, no. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good test. I'm glad I passed. All right. Um, all right. So appraisals are a big part of it, and they're taking a good two to sometimes three weeks to get back. So yeah. get, get them ordered right away. Get them ordered right away. Get them scheduled right away. Mm-hmm. Um. I have another question for you. I know that you serve on the Young Professionals Network of the Fresno Association of Realtors, and August is a special month. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So August is the month of giving. So uh, what we've done um, with YPN through the Association of Realtors here in Fresno is set up uh, August as the month of giving again. And, And generally what we've done in the past is collected backpacks and school supplies for for schools in the area and donated them but now you know dealing with the COVID thing then we've established um, a relationship with neighborhood industries and what we're doing is they provide food um, to families right that would otherwise be getting fed say in school that are not and with five dollars they're able to put a box together and feed a child so what we're doing is we're collecting funds and raising funds uh, and pledges from all of our realtor partners and anyone for that matter and affiliates to give to this to give to this organization and really help uh, feed those kids out in the rural areas that they're focusing on. So how do we how do we give to this? So uh, I want to do it today. So how do I do it? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to hold the flyer up in front of you and we're going to write <laughs> the amount of pledges that you're committing to. But uh, so the way you can do it is if you go on to social media, Facebook or Instagram and look up uh, YPN, FAR YPN, you can find us there. But you can do that by connecting with anyone at the association. So you can call FAR, the Fresno Association of Realtors at 559-490-6400 and pay by check or speak to one of the representatives there and pay. So you, all you have to do is just get a hold of the association and, and we'll go from there. All right. And minimum donation is $5. $5. But there's no maximum, is There's there? no maximum. I think the record right now is 20 so uh, we'd, we'd be happy to get that beat. All right. And these are helping young kids? Helping young kids, school-aged children, yeah, in rural communities and in the city as well. Excellent. And um, what does YPN do for our association well so ypn uh you know the year last year actually was the number one ypn association in california and small ypn association nationally so they were recognized we were recognized um both you know at the state level and national level so ypn um basically partners in in with various organizations and draws um learning and whatnot so uh, we can provide you know resources and stuff to our to our association all right 
Well, Jose, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and speaking with us and educating me and all our listeners on mortgage financing, which is a big part of purchasing a home. Uh, So thank you to all our listeners, too, for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Thank you. Thank you.